Welcome to the Gears and Chronos podcast. My name is Alexander. Hi, everyone. My name is Dennis. So how you doing today, Dennis? I'm doing okay. Doing okay. Um, we got a lot of snow here. Uh, I'm pretty sure you did too, but I think we, we got about five to seven inches today. Um, so I'll probably have to go out and shovel later. So <laughs> what about you? How are you doing? Good. Uh, definitely uh, done with the uh, shoveling for sure. What, what watch are you wearing today? Um, right, right now I'm not wearing anything, but I've been wearing, um, my, uh, Rolex Oyster Perpetual, um, a good amount primarily pretty much just for like, you know, if I'm going out to get food or anything, any chance I get that I'm going outside, I usually, that's what I usually wear. Um, but, uh, what are you wearing this weekend? I'm wearing my, uh, JLC, uh, memo box that I talked about, uh, last episode, but always enjoy wearing out on the weekends. It kind of gives a break from, uh, during the week, if you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a sweet watch. I, I think that watch suits you really well. I think it, it's really cool. Like I said, like it, it's cool. It's, it's just cool. Thanks, man. Um, so I guess we can go ahead and, and get into our main topic for today, which is our 2021 wish list. Um, and this could be for both cars and watches, just stuff that we're looking forward to, uh, maybe, maybe particular things that we would like to see from specific, uh, manufacturers or brands. Um, so I guess you can go ahead and start with, uh, your watch, you know, your watch list for 2021. If you want to just give us a brief overview. Yeah, sure. So, um, to start out, I have for the sports category, uh, a grand Seiko, with the new high beat movement that they released last year in, in some limited editions. But the really cool thing with this is that it's a 80 hour power reserve mm-hmm. and it has a new escapement, which is almost unheard of in the watch world just because there's so few levers, um, escapements out there. Um, mm-hmm. so there's the lever escapement and you have the coaxial, which is used on um, the uh, was a George Daniels invention that's used on uh, mm-hmm. all the current Omegas and also the new with, Speedy, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, this is like the first new escapement um, in many years, so it's definitely a really cool innovation. And I definitely would like to see uh, just a sports model, maybe a diver with that new movement. Um, that's definitely something I'm looking forward to. How about how about you? Cool. So, in terms of sport or just watches in general, I don't have um, anything else in the other categories. The only watch that I'm really looking forward to um, in person and just you know looking at it in person is the new Omega Speedmaster Professional. Um, I'm still kind of torn on um, whether the the Sapphire or the Heslite is the way to go. I think both look great. Um, but I just don't know if it makes sense to go with the, you know, more traditional Hesolite or the newer style Sapphire, you know, with the open case back, which I think is really cool. Um, so it really comes down to just looking at both in the flesh and just deciding from there. Um, but I've always wanted, uh, the Speedmaster, as you know, and I always talk about it. I've talked about it for a, a while, um, even before this new one came out, but after this one came out, I'm just you know, I'm, I'm sold on it. You know, I, I think it's the one to get and, um, 
you know, originally I wanted to get like a vintage one, but this this new one, I, I just think I, I don't see why why not, especially for the price. If you think about it, you're getting a lot of watch for six to seven thousand dollars, um, and I don't think there's any other watch that's at, that has this much history um, and this much you know fame around it than the Speedmaster in this price category. And it's also a watch that you can avail. You can just walk into the eighty and most likely get, um, and not have to be on a wait list for like three years. So, um, yeah, that's that's the biggest one. That's the the Speedy is uh, is on the top of my wish list. Yeah, I can I can see why that um, that Hodinky article that James Stacy did was uh, mm-hmm. pretty in depth and definitely a a must read for anyone out there that's interested in, in possibly getting the Speedmaster. Yeah, yeah, and their uh, their podcast, they I think they did a, a an episode recently about the new Speedmaster, and you know that completely sold me. I just it's just man, it's the one to get. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I know you had uh, other ones on your list. You want to go through those? Yeah, sure. So for my sport, for my dress category, I had a um, a rose gold Rolex with a enamel dial. And the new no-date uh, 70-hour power reserve movement that's actually in your OP, the 3230 movement, I believe. Mm-hmm. I would just love to see something like that because you see some of the higher-end dress watches out there with the enamel dials and like a rose gold, which is kind of a warmer color. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know what it is. I, mean, I know that there's no, there's no way I could afford one of those anytime soon, but they just look so cool when you see something like that, I, I would love to see Rolex do something like that. That would that'd be real cool. On a, on like a leather strap, you would think? Yeah, probably a le- leather with a nice rose gold uh, Rolex deployant clasp. Mm-hmm. Or a uh, if you really want to get crazy, get one of those new Oyster Flexes that they did oh, in the uh, Sky Dweller. Yeah, yeah. Man, that'd be so cool. That'd be so cool. I would. Do you, do you think it's easy to... to switch those if you were to get like an uh an oyster flex and I'm, I'm pretty sure if you were willing to pay up you could get anything you want but i wonder if they're interchangeable knowing rolex probably not just because they're very can they they like to control everything and they don't want people yeah. to switching things out because i've seen posts out there where people try to get one of those oyster flex bracelets on a watch that didn't originally have it. And mm-hmm. typically speaking, you can't fit them onto another watch because they're typically made specifically for that watch. So it, they definitely engineer it. So you can't mess with yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that would be, that would be really, really cool. And uh, your third watch. So the, my last one was a complication. So mm-hmm. also from the crown uh, Rolex, um, I'd love to see a chime complication. So you see like from Patek, uh, like the Grandmaster chimes mm-hmm. and various things like that from the, a lot of the other Hologery brands. But for some reason, you never really see Rolex getting into anything like that. Mm-hmm. And I would love to see them come out with like a dressier or heck, even a sport watch with that kind of complication. I just think it's so cool. I mean, like they're, I mean, don't get me wrong. They're not even remotely a realistic watch to own just because they're so expensive. But mm-hmm. 
just from an artisanal standpoint, seeing that, I think it would be very cool from Rolex just because they do everything to the nth degree and they just do an amazing job with the workmanship. I think it would just be very cool to see that from them. Yeah. Which watch do you think in their current model lineup could fit into that? Or if say they were to, were to come out with a chime complication, which watch do you think would be um, an appropriate watch to put that into? I mean, I could see them doing that. I mean, it already has a lot of stuff going on to begin with, but mm-hmm. uh, I think that would suit the day date well because you see that in precious metals and mm-hmm. that watch has a very just a a clean subtle look to it but it's everyone knows what it is just because it has that that um iconic style to it and i think that would be a cool complication to add but you could also do with something like the op i mean mm-hmm. i mean because it's it's a very simple looking watch and it's understated and just having that that low-key flex of saying like oh yeah this has a chime in it would be pretty awesome yeah <laughs> I know what you mean. it's kind of interesting people are, are really into that the the chime complications and and like the bells and um i don't know do you do you find those i mean in terms of i guess watchmaking it is a pretty major um you know major breakthrough i guess you'd call it but in terms of everyday kind of use perspective, um, does it really make sense to have something like that? You know, I mean, I guess it's cool, but yeah. in all reality, no, it's more of a flex. Yeah. I mean, cause you're, you're talking serious money to buy a watch like that. So it's more of a statement thing from the brand to come out with that. something like that, just because it's so complicated and difficult to make a watch with that complication. Yeah. It's a statement piece, basically. And if you own a watch like that, people kind of know that you're kind of a big deal and you have a lot of money to spend on a watch. So, I mean, it's it's definitely not a, a need or a, anything like remotely close to that. But, I mean, it's it's just a cool thing to have. And it's cool uh, from a collector standpoint just because it's they sound so cool. And But, yeah, you definitely don't. <laughs> definitely not, not a, a, a realistic everyday complication yeah yeah yeah. no i know what you mean i guess it's just like people like to just know what they have i guess yeah um i don't know i kind of feel like if it's if the watch is making a bunch of sounds all day i I don't i wouldn't probably enjoy that but yeah i get what you mean (laughs) especially if you're trying to keep a a low-key uh a uh, thing with what you're wearing yeah yeah so do you want to jump into um, any specific cars that we're looking forward to or anything like in particular that we're looking or we want to see for 2021? Yeah, sure. Um, want to start out with sports cars. Do you want to maybe take us off of it? Yeah, sure, sure. So the most recent Boxster GTS, uh, the 4.0, um, I think they came out with a 25th, was it 25th anniversary edition, I believe, mm-hmm. um, of the Boxster. Uh, honestly, I always think limited editions are gimmicks and they're a waste of time and it's just all marketing, mm-hmm. which most most of the time is. But this car with the, I think it's like the five spoke wheels, um, the, the red interior, I, I'm just like, man, it's so cool. 
And for them to go ahead and do that on the 4.0 with, you know, the flat six, I think that's like super cool. They're bringing back a car and basically brought back that flat six for this generation. Um, and I, I just think it's, this car is really cool in terms of limited editions. Um, and I'm, I'm a huge Boxster guy. I love the Boxster. I would get the Boxster over the Cayman any day. Um, even over a 911, I think I'd probably still get a Boxster. Um, but man, I think that that car is it manual. I would do GT silver with the red interior, full red interior. Um, and that's it. I think that would be a great car, uh, just to drive. You know, I don't, it, obviously it's not going to be a track car. It's not going to be, uh, I don't think it's going to be a collector's car maybe in like 20 years. But I just think it, that would be a great car to just drive. You know, you put miles on it. It's reliable. Maintenance is relatively cheap, you know, for a performance car yeah. uh, standpoint. Um, but I honestly don't think there's a better car for that kind of money under 100 grand. Um, you know, I honestly think this is the best buy unless you're talking uh uh gt350 or gt350r like those are really nice too but i i think um though it's, it's just a different category and i think the boxster um in the gts trim is the one to get so that's for me in terms of sports cars that's it for um for this year uh what about you alexander what do you think so mine's probably a little bit more on the unrealistic side but um the two they're from the same brand uh porsche but i'd love to see an electric or uh electric 911 or boxster Mm -hmm. i just from what you see out there with how how far electric technologies come in terms of just with like center of gravity with the batteries down low and that instant torque and acceleration Mm -hmm. i just think in that boxster or 911 setup i think that that would just be a a sweet car yeah i mean you obviously don't get the sound of the flat six like with the um the boxster gts like you were just talking about but i mean i feel like in terms of handling and the way it makes you feel and also obviously the environmental um aspect of it being better for the environment i feel like it would be a cool car to see down the line yeah i think that'd be really cool especially in, in a um i don't know how they would put it into a, such a small car and, and I guess like a low profile car like that, it'd be kind of difficult to, to, to place the batteries I would assume, but I think that would be really cool. And I think, I don't, I don't know if I'm allowed to share this, but I, I think they were talking about the 718 um, going into electric format, even when we were working there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I do, I do remember, um, uh, uh, one of the guys from Porsche, he told us that it, it should be, it w- it was coming or it's in the works. So I don't know how, it, what it's going to look like or how, what it's going to be, but he did confirm that there, there was something going, that, that will, that will be hundred percent electric. Um, most likely the 718 format, not 911. It'll be awesome. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. It'd, it'd be cool to see uh, because there's really no other competitors out there. If you think about it, um yeah it's true there's no i think yeah there's really nothing you could say the um the tesla uh what's that old oh, tesla roadster do you remember that car yeah the one where they <laughs> electrified a basically a uh a lotus 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the closest thing I could think of to, to a 718 electric competitor, really. There's really nothing out there. Yeah, they're pretty unique uh, in terms of just the layout and the way they look. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely awesome. But um, uh, how, how about um, the uh, luxury category? You have any uh, picks for that? Yeah, so um, for me, it's going to be the new S-Class, the Mercedes S-Class. Um, that should be coming out later this year. They haven't announced uh, official specs or, or pick or they do have pictures but there's no official um you know you can't build it online or anything like that but i think the new s class is really really cool they they redesigned the interior so uh it unfortunately does look like more like a tesla with the the bigger screen in the middle i think it's a big touch screen um but man i i just love that car that s class I think every generation that they make, it just gets better and better. Um, and uh, for me, I think that's the big sedan to get. Um, if you're comparing seven series and a eight, um, or I guess like the Hyundai, um, I don't even know the name of that thing, but, it, but the big sedan that they have, um, I feel like the S class is the, the best out of all of them. And that's coming from a BMW fanboy. <laughs> So yeah, what about you? What what about what's your pick for the luxury category? So mine comes from Audi, and mm. I would like to see in the their A four, A five platform, uh, either like in a an all electric, or I mm. mean like this is definitely pie in the sky type stuff. But see them bring back the uh, the diesel engines for mm. those because. Yeah having having driven Audi diesels and how and seeing how far the technology has come since that they withdrew from this market with diesel gate i feel mm-hmm. like that that would be a great addition to those cars just because of the the instant torque and just the way that they they drive and the acceleration i feel like that would be a, a great addition to the the lineup i mean like obviously probably electric's more realistic down the line but i mean like i definitely think that that would be a a cool thing to see yeah i i personally really want audi to bring back a manual car you know i just want them to have something i, I do they have do they still make a manual at all in the tt maybe um i think that i forget it was at least a couple of years ago where they decided to completely withdraw manuals from the american market so mm. unfortunately uh they're all gone i mean like i would love yeah. to see a comeback too but uh I get the feeling that with the amount that they sell of automatics versus the manuals, it's probably always going to be automatics going to win, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. But I'd, I'd really like to see um, a manual car and um, more specifically a, a hot hatch. I really yeah. want there to be more hot hatches. I don't like, we have nothing here in the United States. Yeah. Like, your only choice is pretty much, um, type r which really isn't a hatchback i wouldn't really classify that as a hatch mm-hmm. or like a golf r or gti You're, there's nothing else that you can get that's new um that's like a hot hatch so i i'm excited to see the the corolla gr hopefully um but i really hope that you know other brands can come out with something else besides of you know these these brands you know like something that's 
really cool. Like if Subaru brought back the hatch, you know, I'd be so happy. Um, yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. And so, something more, and something more to look forward to down the the line, even if it's not affordable right off the bat. Like in mm-hmm. five years' time, whatever, it would be cool to build a get that stuff down the road if they do come out with it. Yeah, like um, like a RS three Avant or something. That'd be super cool. Obviously, it's going to be really expensive, but yeah, get it used in a couple of years, and uh, that'd be a pretty cool buy. So, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So the um, the last uh, category that I had on my list was four by four by four. Did you uh, um, want to start off with uh, that one? Yeah, sure. So. My pick would be the new Raptor, the new Ford Raptor. Um, I've always, I don't know, there's something about the Raptor that is just so cool. And I'm not a truck guy at all. Like, I actually would prefer not to drive a truck. Um, but the only truck that I would get is a Raptor, um, whether that's to the crew cab or, or the two door. Um, is a crew cab two door? No, crew cab is like four door, right? I yeah, I think so. Sure. Okay, um, but there's just something about the Raptor that that has always appealed to me, and and they're coming out with a new one, I believe, this year. Uh, has redesigned suspension. Um, the interior, I think, is a little bit different too. I think there's more digital, um, digital screens, uh, which is which is okay, but I think it still retains the same EcoBoost motor from uh, last generation. Uh, but I just think whenever a new Raptor comes out, it's just really cool. <laughs> and I like, I, I, that's what I would get if I needed to pick up truck for work or something. Mm-hmm. That's the one I would get. Um, no question. That'd be sick. But, uh, yeah. What about you? Um, so I really like the, the Range Rover and yeah. I think that an electric Range Rover would be really cool just cause that instant mm-hmm. torque that you get with electric torque is, is so good off road. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest here. Most people that owned Range Rovers don't take them off road, yeah. but for the few that do, I feel like that would be a great addition to the lineup because then those things are gas guzzlers mm-hmm. uh, with those big V8s that they have in them. And I mean, they're very expensive vehicles. And I yeah. think that electric would be great for those. I mean, like I could see seeing that in a few years, but I mean, that would be a definitely an awesome one, I think. Yeah, I honestly, I think the Defender, the new Defender, would look really cool if it were an EV. Like, there's something about the styling of that, uh, of the new Defender. It just looks like it could be an EV, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like that the combination of, like, the retro look with with all modern mm-hmm. uh, uh, powertrain, like electric or something like that, is definitely a cool thing that, you've, that I've definitely seen as more of a trend these days. Yeah. I, I think that would be really cool if they could, if they could do that, and it'll, it'll also improve reliability. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know how reliable Land Rovers are. Um, yeah, because you always see um, hear the joke that they're like in the, more in the shop than they are on the road. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but no, that that would be really cool, and that that kind of falls into the luxury category as well. I feel like yeah, um, it, a big SUV. Um, that has off-road capabilities, but most likely you're not going to use those. Um, I think if they could make it an EV version or some type of version that's not as gas guzzling, I think that'd be pretty cool. 
Um, and I think there's a market for that. I yeah. Really and also uh, not realistic either, but it would be cool to like maybe see like a, a toned down version of it. So like with maybe like all the fancy stuff out of it and then have like a more cost cutting version for people that actually want to use them for off-road. I mean, like mm. that's probably realistically more a defender type thing, but I mean, I know that that was the original roots of it, more of a gentleman farmer type vehicle and you can take it into pastures and stuff like that. Yeah. And I think that would be kind of cool to see them return to that. That would be cool. Yeah. From the factory, you could get, you know, like deletes, you could delete the radio or something. Yeah. That'd be really cool from Range Rover. But uh, I, I feel like that market would be really small. Yeah. Know? Like, uh, I feel like people would probably just get a Jeep at that point mm-hmm. um, since it's a lot cheaper. Um, but I totally get what you mean. That'd be really cool. Yeah. Definitely not a realistic want, but I mean, Hey, we can all dream. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's pretty much it for those categories. Um, was there anything else you wanted to add or anything else you wanted to um, you know, go over? Um, not that I can think of. Uh, how about yourself? No, I think I think we're good here. This is a good time to wrap up. Yeah, um, th- thank you all so much for listening and uh, look forward to y'all tuning in for uh, episode three. Thank you, everyone, and uh, appreciate everyone tuning in. Um, And if you have any questions, feel free to reach us at gearsandchronos at gmail.com. Usually we have the email in our description, so you can reach out to us there. Thank you. Thanks again. Thanks again.